Hello, everybody, and welcome to Podcast of the Planet of the Apes. Today's episode is... Episode 5, Battle for the Planet of the Apes. That's the end of the intro song. Hi, everybody. This is Andrew. And this is Joe. <laughs> Welcome to Podcast of the Planet of the Apes, where we discuss all things Planet of the Apes. Today, we will be discussing the final film of the original five series, Battle for the Planet of the Apes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It is Battle for the Planet of the Apes. I keep thinking it's Battle of the Planet of the Apes, but then I'm getting it mixed up with Battle of the Planets and well it's not even just that like the movie before that is conquest of so we've got a conquest of the planet but now we're just doing battle for yeah but not a battle of the planet which i think it's more of a battle of the planet than it is for yeah we'll we'll get into that we'll discuss today we don't have any special guests it's just joe and i just the final film of this quintology as well as overall impressions of the original quintology that is before you know next few episodes after this are going to kind of take a spin as we dive into some deeper sections of the planet of the apes joe yeah we watched battle for the planet of the apes you got it right perfect yes yes we watched battle for the planet of the apes 1973 it is 1973 and it's rated g actually i'm just noticing that when did pg-13 come into effect you know this actually weirdly enough just came up uh we we just had the holiday of july 4th um as we're recording this and 1776 was on tv i don't know if you're familiar with that it's the one where mr feeney plays john adams and it's a it's a musical about the Declaration of Independence. I remember watching that in elementary school, and there's a lot of like weird swears in there, but it was rated G because there was no PG-13 at the time. Mm. So my teacher was like super embarrassed. I, I specifically remember this. It was like fourth or fifth grade, and she was like, oh, maybe we shouldn't watch the rest of this because they kept saying like, damn, and stuff like that. Damn, the one of the worst right. curse one words of the, ever. The absolute worst. Yeah, the worst. Uh, they might have said. They might have said something a little more scandalous, like "gosh." I don't know. It always reminds me, though, of like, oh yeah, there was no PG thirteen. Well, you know, okay. So now this is actually interesting that we're getting into <laughs> ratings because now I went through the rest of them. The rest of them are rated G, except for Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. That's PG, and then PG thirteen is the Burton movie. Is when PG thirteen is when they started becoming PG thirteen films beneath the planet of the apes we have like people being shot right in the head the fact that that's rated g is like mind-boggling to me it's like but again like i said going back to my 1776 story is i don't know when that was updated to Hmm. to have pg-13 the the addition of pg-13 wasn't until the early 80s it looks like i guess so yeah weird i think the first film to be released with a pg-13 is red dawn really huh not the remake no yeah okay (laughs) i would figure not (laughs) right right so there you go huh well now that we've gone over all of the (laughs) the motion picture of america rating system yeah no i'm just i'm just looking at this and i'm like oh man they didn't know where to put like gremlins and stuff back in the day like is it pg or is it r (laughs) right Uh, i mean gremlins as a movie could really fit almost anywhere in that 
It is a PG movie. Just for the Sansa story. It's a hard R. Very true. Very true. So we're super off topic. Why don't we discuss the film itself, kind of give a brief synopsis of something that might have happened in this movie, and then we'll kind of go over the themes, if there were any. The year is 2670? No, it's not. I'm sorry. Yes, it is. So the movie starts out in the year 2670, and we have the lawgiver, who is uh, an ape that is an orangutan who looks like Dr. Zayas, who's telling the history of Earth, essentially, to a school of, we're guessing, apes. I just thought it was like a random, like it wasn't even a school. It was him talking to the camera. Like, that's what I thought was going on. Just, I am the narrator. Like, maybe it's because I've seen this before. Yeah. He should have been sitting in front of a fireplace wearing a red smoking jacket with a book and and reading it. Yeah, I think that would have been a far more interesting intro. So we have the lawgiver telling us the story of Caesar. He essentially gives us the third film, like a recap of the third film. Oh, wait, no. Hold up. Wait up. Straight up, Mr. Lover. They don't even like there's no talking like we we literally have like a silent montage of the third film well you have you have the lawgiver is talking about it and then he shows it right but then it goes into like like silent montage of it though so it's like he he tells you and then like then they just show you like the last 30 minutes of that film in the Mm. span of two minutes and then he's like oh and by the way this happens as well and then we get like six minutes of the fourth film just straight up no talking as well well the other big thing that happens with this movie is it starts on a major downer that way like the other ones do not start on this downward slope (laughs) no they usually start on a high high ends of like excitement and craziness and then go into a really dark spiral this film is the exact opposite correct we start and it's been about 12 years since conquest they say 10 but at one point they mention that it's actually 12 so i don't know if they really know the time period we're starting and we're in the forest and apes and humans are living together or at least trying to live together caesar is buddies with mcdonald's brother the guy that was the assistant to the governor in the last film his brother is now like the main human of this film they're trying to learn to to work together with the humans so this way um the end of the earth doesn't happen or anything like that the gorillas don't really like it they want to overtake the humans they hate them they think that they're weak caesar is like kind of lost and doesn't know what to do mcdonald tells them they should go to uh the city that they were once at in the fourth film and there's videotapes of cornelius and zira discussing the future i cannot wait till we get to those videotapes oh my god they go to the city which is complete rubble and ash because apparently there was a nuclear war yeah uh that just kind of happened it you know not even explained nothing was no i think they have like one sentence about that and that's it they go to the city they find the tapes But as they're watching them, it is revealed that they're being watched by mutants. These aren't the same mutants as Beneath the Planet of the Apes. These are mutants that are starting to mutate, but they don't have psychic powers. Not yet. Uh, They're like they're like mole men. Mutants try to kill them. Caesar, McDonald, and their buddy Virgil, who's an orangutan, they all escape. They come back to the town. The gorillas have pretty much enslaved all the humans. They get into a big fight. 
Caesar's son, Cornelius, not to be confused with the original Cornelius, overhears the gorillas plotting to kill Caesar. The gorilla tries, the main gorilla, Aldo, tries to kill Cornelius. Cornelius falls into a coma. Caesar is now obsessed with Cornelius, so he's not really paying attention to the army of mutants coming. Cornelius dies eventually. Caesar realizes that it was Aldo. We have a big fight with the mutants. Caesar then attacks Aldo. Aldo falls off of a tree. He dies. The humans and the apes, they live happily ever after. And we are shown 2670 where apes and human children are living together in peace. <sighs> oh, there's the whole recap right there. Like, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> That I was trying was, so hard to get to that, and it was just, oh my god. That was the entirety of the movie right there. This Okay, so I think straight up, Joe, Yeah, this movie's boring. Oh yeah, no, I, I found it to be incredibly dry, incredibly boring. It was an exposition dump. Like, there was just everything that was said. Like, there was no show, it was just all tell. They had a whole scene when McDonald and Virgil and Caesar get to the Forbidden City, where they just kind of mm-hmm. word vomited everything they could possibly say about what happened in that one moment. It was just like, blah, 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 blah. And it was just so, so much of like that. And at one point, like you kind of you're, you're just you just glaze over and you're like, uh, I guess all this stuff happened. The, the nuke happened. And when? OK, cool. The city does not seem that far away from where Ape City is that a nuke oh, should have. no decimated all of them <laughs> no, no matter what um what what happened to the original mcdonald like did they say what happened there was he in the the, the fallout like was that is that how he passed away like where where was he we have no idea but we do know that the governor's aide from the last film survived survived and he's a mutant <laughs> Right. He's he's the leader of the mutants, essentially. And they call him governor. Is that the highest position one can get in the mutant society as governor? It seems that way. There's no, you know, supreme leader. There's no dictator. There's, you know, no president. It's no, no, no. I am the governor. All right. Well, I think we discussed Battle for the Planet of the Apes. <laughs> no, I, I mean, there are a couple of other things to, to really... What do you got? What do you, what do you got? Uh, let's let's talk about how, for one, I feel like the visual effects, the makeup has suffered severely in this film as as opposed to the other ones. Yes. Just even Aldo himself, like he's a main, usually the main apes. Yes. Aldo, the main gorilla, is definitely one of the worst looking characters of the series, as well as just just not that interesting he's 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 dumb which i think is actually kind of cool like they 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 play up the fact that he's not that smart and that he's more of a primitive ape yeah oh yeah so it kind of shows why you know he gets so angry so quickly and everything i wrote down too 30 minutes had passed and yeah nothing happened we're introduced to Cornelius Caesar's son who's in a classroom being taught by this teacher named Abe uh, about how to read and write and all this stuff and Cornelius writes a really nice letter to Abe because there's the whole ape shall not kill ape law that we've kind of discussed in the previous films as well Cornelius does something sweet and he writes ape shall not kill Abe get it Abe A-B-E the teacher's name (laughs) <laughs> very they were very clever in yeah so 
so he he writes that you mean uh 2003 2004 this movie takes place in 2004 by the way oh uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, yes yes the far future of 2004 he writes this nice letter uh aldo gets upset because he can't write so he tears up the letter and the teacher gets super upset and he's like no aldo no and then everyone freezes and there's just like all these reaction shots of all the apes being like what did you just say because no is the is the you can't say like a negative thing to apes yeah that's the forbidden the forbidden word it's forbidden to do so because how they were treated for so long and so aldo tries to kill abe which he he ripped up the letter i guess he can um so there's no law <laughs> <laughs> that law is no longer in effect as soon as right, aldo yeah it up. So that's what kind of starts the whole conflict between uh, the gorillas and the humans. But like there's this moment where Abe says no and Virgil like comes up to him and explains to him in excruciating detail that you're not supposed to say no to apes. This dude's a teacher for the apes. How like how does he not know not to say no? Yeah, especially if it was a law made by Caesar himself. Right. And it wasn't like he was saying, like, no, no, bad, like, you are bad. It was like an involuntary reflex. He didn't mean it like that. He just meant, like, oh, no, why'd you do that? There's these little things within this movie that just, I, it just doesn't add up. And I feel like it's just so boring. Well, it doesn't add up. And the, the time jump really actually kind of hurt it. It hurts it a lot. It hurts it like a great amount because of how much they have to explain as to what happened. What else you want to talk about this film? Yeah, uh, you know, just a couple of other things that I have when they get to the city uh, and they finally get their video of Cornelius and Zira for Caesar. The the tech in 1994, I think, was it right? 1994 was the previous film. Yes. It was 1994 and they had like this this viewing globe, essentially, where they could watch previous right. videos. Now they're going back to reel to reel. Right. And Which also it's fine because the reel to reel at least makes sense in the essence that those interviews were filmed in the 1970s. True. So but you would think within the modern era of 1994 with viewing globes, they would have you know they, uploaded they that to this stuff man right uploaded it to a, a fortress of solitude crystal or something my son my son yeah, they totally would have done that <laughs> right but, um, they didn't. but they didn't do that and the other thing too is the video was not video no whenever they would cut to it it was just these still images of zira and cornelius but with the overlaid voice tracks which is just so strange were those voice tracks exactly taken from escape from planet of the apes they were they were those okay, were cause... lines from the movie i specifically remember them they weren't from those exact scenes that they were showing which was also weird because they showed the scene from when zero was in her hotel room she was wearing the outfit from the hotel room and she was like <laughs> yeah drunk she was drunk in that scene <laughs> which would have no video recording right. done and it just it doesn't make it makes not a lick of sense when it comes to that. Yeah. So, you know, you have that going on. 
you have the they they also went into a kid being hurt, but it wasn't just hurt like he dies. Oh yeah, they straight up just child murder. They do chi- so it's rated G. There's child murder in there, and the action scene at the end. Oh my god, the action scene at the end is one of the most boring war scenes ever. You you have slow moving convoys. Uh, to which we made the same joke about 110 times. <laughs> Every single time we saw a convoy, I kept singing, we've got a great big convoy, and then something would blow up. Yeah, it took about that long for each one. <laughs> it took a Yeah, exactly. It was like watching a battle between paint slowly drying on the wall and a slug slowly moving up the wall towards the drying paint. <laughs> it's true. And we never met in the middle, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and there was a there was a couple of things to happening uh, with the mutants traversing the Forbidden Zone to get to Ape City. You have a guy on a motorcycle who looks like he was just learning how to ride the motorcycle. He looks like he was just learning how to ride it. And then a gorilla comes up and stabs him to death. And then I think one of the most baffling scenes is the gorillas then get shot from a like shot by a cannon that's not facing them at all. Oh yeah. And can be and can be seen in the distance, like maybe like 30 feet away. So like the gorillas are just standing there waiting for them to get shot at. We oh, oh you know, we also didn't even talk about the blatant foreshadowing, and we didn't even talk about that while we were watching the movie. There's one scene with Cornelius, right? And he he screams out and he falls down to the ground and his mother comes out and uh they were playing war and there was like a little boy, a little human boy with like a fake stick as his gun, you know, with a stick as his gun, whatever. And he dies. He falls from a stump, a tree stump. Cornelius dies. Yeah. Yeah. I'm talking about in, in his little war game that he was playing. Right. Cornelius dies while playing war. Exactly. He dies while playing war, which is the most blatant foreshadowing (laughs) ever i'm like wow your father told you not to play whoa with guns i'm like yeah all right (laughs) i will say i did love the guy who watches the guns i like that guy yes there's a specific ape um and you know we didn't really touch down on him during the recap there's a certain orangutan who was actually in charge of the armory and i actually really like the guy who who plays him i don't know the actor's name right now off the top of my head but he did he did a really good job Yes, I liked him. He was uh, Virgil's teacher, which explains why Virgil is so smart. So Virgil, I thought, was an interesting character introduced into this film, uh, played by Paul Williams, who younger generation will probably know as uh, the voice of the Penguin, the 1990s Batman animated series. Um, he's, he's really good in it. I really like him. He's the voice of reason when it comes to the, the apes. Um, he's the first real, like, likable orangutan of the original series like i love zaius but zaius is a bad like he's a terrible ape oh zaius is a dick right but he's a lovable dick uh whereas (laughs) virgil is just an all-around like nice guy (laughs) or nice ape in this in this case in this case so i i just thought that was like nice that we finally got to see like other apes act nice because pretty much like outside of like Cornelius, Zira and Caesar, that's been it. No, that definitely was cool to see like, hey, look at that. Virgil actually is cool with humans and he's trying to teach them. And there was an early moment where you're like, oh, no, is he another Milo? 
I really thought at one point, um, and for those who are listening that don't remember who Milo is, because he was only in the uh, third film for like maybe five minutes, maybe five minutes. He gets just straight up killed by uh, a primitive gorilla. And uh, so I thought at one point that was going to happen to Virgil when they went to the Forbidden City and the mutants started to attack them. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, well, there you go. We got ourselves our, another Milo. The other thing, too, that you mentioned that he is the penguin from Batman, the animated series. Like we now we've got two animated yeah. series alums in one film. Um, and I'm wondering if that had something to do with them being cast together. Like maybe Roddy was like, hey, you know, this guy or, you know, the other way around, because that'd be kind of cool. It's a movie. Um, yeah, and there's, so, there's a lot of strange spe- speeches and cuts. Like Aldo gets like this really like strange zoom in on his face <laughs> during one of his speeches. And like there, there's just a lot of weird camera stuff happening when it comes to that. Because like to accentuate that makeup job that close on film is not good. Yeah, it's it's really bad because it's like you can see his eyes like really clearly. Mm-hmm. Like where they glued it on. Yep. <laughs> I think you can even see like the inner mouth sometimes too. Yes. Yeah. So I, I did want to kind of bring up a few things here was that the version that we watched is of the Blu-ray set or the uh, deluxe version, essentially. So this has scenes that were removed originally, which includes 20 seconds extra of the teacher running from the apes. The mutant chief with more dialogue, just more and more dialogue. It looks like everywhere. Culp, that was the villain's name. Governor Culp. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So in in the version that we saw, the mutant assaults is forty five seconds longer. Oh my god! And then the scene where Aldo kills Culp and his followers in the bus wasn't in the original. Oh really? Yeah. And the fight between Aldo and Caesar is longer. See, I feel like I I could have done without the the whole bus murder, but had a longer Caesar Aldo fight because I feel like their fight should have been something a little bit more epic in the vein of of like Scar and Simba almost, you know, like right, yeah, they're they're kind of leading up to this this big fight, and you know, Aldo he kills Caesar's son. You think like this is going to lead to a big thing because the whole ape shall not kill ape. And at the end, it's essentially just Caesar chasing Aldo up a tree and Aldo falls off the tree. Correct. Yep. Falls off right on his own. The end. I remember we're up to that point and you're like, there's only like two minutes left of this movie. Like, yeah. Like, where is this going to go? I kept looking at the at the timestamp and I'm like, oh, my God. So we've now made it. it it's I think it was like an hour or an hour and 26 minutes of the movie. Or is it an hour and 46? I don't even remember. It's 93 now. minutes. God. <laughs> it's, it's, like, <laughs> it's like nothing. It, it's really like nothing. and Which sucks because it's like, I think it has some pretty interesting ideas of, you know, Caesar learning to grow from the mistakes of the apes in the original timeline. And there is talk about, you know, well, if that's the future, then that's what we're going to move towards but virgil kind of lends his view of time travel which is essentially like you can change the future which they do and and it is a much lighter happier future so we definitely get like a happy ending to the series within this 
Oh, we did. We we got 600 years into the future and humans and apes are in the same school with the lawgiver and then statues also cry in the future. Oh god, we didn't even get to that. Um so <laughs> damn it. Uh, so every time I I feel like I'm about to be able to like say something like clever or good about this movie, you bring up something <laughs> so bad. So I remember years ago watching this and not really caring for it and thinking it was just kind of like so and so watching it again especially so recently and and reviewing the other films it's it's not good and i think knowing what dawn of the planet of the apes and war of the planet of the apes are joe we're gonna get to like good versions of these movies which is phenomenal and i'm 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 happy yeah i can't wait to get there which is insane to me because it's like conquest and battle are essentially the movies that they took the most from within uh, context. And then they turned them into like legitimately good movies. Well, when you think about it, uh, conquest and battle. Yeah. Would be more of what the, I guess, quote unquote, realistic. Yes. View of what would happen would be. Whereas escape is, campy and you know like that's not the realistic viewpoint of the whole thing right that's definitely the most like science fiction that in the first one yes Uh, and the third one and the second one and the fourth one well you remember what i said uh when we were talking about this movie and i said man is the second one (laughs) am i gonna say this like is the second one a little better than than we gave it credit for at the time and i i honestly think it is. It might be. It might be just because you still had Heston in there and you still had, you know, all that other stuff. I mean, apart from obviously McDowell not being in it. At least the second one, the second one has a flavor and it has a style to it that I think holds its own. And I think we were we're harsh on it. And I think for good reason. But all in all, it, it's definitely a better movie than than battle yeah over overall um if we were gonna do and that we were hard on that <laughs> look, going you go back to any of our previous episodes i even think in the first one we mentioned how you how you've said i don't i don't care for for that one but you know what at least that one left an impression on me because mm, mm-hmm. i really didn't remember this film that well the battle for the planet of the apes and i think that there's a reason to that because nothing really happens it's things happen but it's just like it's so boring and i know we've said that a lot but oh my god so there's just one more thing about this movie i just want to mention because i and you mentioned it before as well so the lawgiver he's he's telling about how the world kind of came together and, and we found peace and harmony through caesar and mcdonald's and and humans and the apes living together the final shot of the film is a statue of caesar and it slowly pans in and we see caesar's face and a single tear falls from the statue's eye what the fuck was that it's kind of like they encased the real caesar in stone (laughs) or fucking stigmata or something is happening right now and the end of the world is coming 
Yeah, and it's like I guess it was a tear of joy because the future that he wanted happened. I guess and it was soon. It's that. just that was just a little too much. Like it would have been fine. Like ending on like the close up of the statue's face, I think would have been fine. Oh, one hundred percent. Right. If this was like a, a Zack Snyder joint, it would have had false God written across it. But at least, <laughs> but at least they uh, had to get that dig in there, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hot take. So um, I just—it was just such an odd way of ending the franchise. I—I I could see why this movie is so boring and it kind of plays itself safe is because I think they knew they were wrapping it up. So there's just so much that they tried to do within this movie and just none of it sticks and none of it really lands. And I think that was the biggest problem with battle for the planet of the apes. Quick question. And this just kind of flew into my brain. Would it have been better if they really wanted to show the, the tier of you know, coming out of Caesar's face, if they like panned up to the sky and they overlaid like a translucent. <laughs> it <laughs> would have been did, slightly better. Or yeah. they did like the Star Wars force ghost. Right. Kind of deal for Caesar. Like, would that have been better? Or, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. They just like look up into the sky and there's abraham lincoln caesar and chubbs that's what i was just thinking i was just thinking that (laughs) they pull a happy gilmore yeah uh i don't know maybe it was just there's so many things about this movie i have so many questions as to why they made those decisions and i just don't think we're ever really gonna fully know joe Let's let's discuss the series in total. And yeah, you, you mentioned the budgets earlier, uh, and that, that's kind of been a theme throughout the series as well. Uh, you have all that. I do. I have all the budgets for how much it cost to make the movies, and then how much they grossed. So the first film, real quick, the budget is how much? Five point eight million. Okay, and what was the gross of that film? So this movie grossed, and uh, they only really have the U.S. gross. The worldwide actually matches up completely, so it must have only they must only be showing the the U.S. is we're number one. Yeah, we're number one. Thirty two million five hundred eighty nine thousand six hundred twenty four. That is so a just that is thirty two point five million. Why don't we? <laughs> if you want to round up, we could do thirty two point six. Okay, thirty two point six million is what the original 1968 film made. That's a, that is a huge profit. Yeah. That's a real big profit. And was it 1968, 68, 1968. So one, the fact that it cost them 5.8 million in 1968 to make is also pretty, pretty amazing. Oh yeah. And then that they I, made mm-hmm. 32.6. Yeah. That's insane. So let, let's go into uh, Beneath the Planet of the Apes. What do we got there? Three million. Is how much it cost? How much it cost, yep. How much did it make? Uh, about 19, about 19 million. Still pretty damn good. It's, it's 10 million less sense. than the previous film. But think about that's it. It's still pretty damn good. Yeah, that's, that's really good. Think about it, though. 
Now, this was a sequel to a major film. Like the first one was was highly revered. Like, oh, this is awesome. This is amazing. This is before VHS. Yeah. So, again, you couldn't have bought these films at home to watch them. Kids. So (laughs) this was definitely like a 10 million losses expected, but they also took a 2 million loss on production. Yes. Yep. Now that's pretty damn good. Yeah. All right. No. That, so now the third one, which is by far escape, by and large, our favorite one. Uh, two point five. Besides million. the besides the original. Yes, correct. Okay, so two point five million is what it costs for escape. How much did it make? <laughs> yeah, this one only made. I say only twelve point four. Okay. I mean, it's they're they're all at least still making their money. Yes. Yep. Here's the thing. By the third film, we're down to two apes. Three. So true. <laughs> uh, three if we count Milo for the five seconds. The designs of the apes are getting worse as we go on. And they only had to focus on three of them in that film. Let's move on to number four, where we probably have the most apes on screen. Oh, definitely. What do we got for number four? How much did that cost? It cost to make $1.7 million. Damn. So they're going real low now. Mm-hmm. And how much did that movie make? Made about $9 million. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty It's good. not as good, but it's not pretty good. good. It's pretty good. All right. Let, let's, let's wrap it up. What do we got? Battle for the Planet of the Apes. So Battle for the Planet of the Apes actually uh, cost them a little bit more to make. It was at one point eight million. Damn. Okay. Right. What was that spent on? <laughs> the, the painting. <laughs> the painting of the city that they walked into. That was it. That was it. <laughs> that was, or, or the bus. <laughs> all those. Tr- all those tree houses. The tree houses and the great big convoy. We got a great big convoy. That's going to keep coming back. Let's see here. How much did it make? It made eight point eight million. Okay, so it pretty much did just as well as the fourth film. Just about, yeah. Did you know that John Landis was in this movie? Wait a minute, what? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, John Landis plays Jake's friend. Wait, who's Jake? (laughs) Michael Stearns played Jake. (laughs) Who's Jake? (laughs) I don't know. We watched this movie, right? We did, but I don't know who Jake is. <laughs> who is Jake? Jake. You know, Jake. Uh-huh. Sure. Is John Landis even credited in this movie? I don't know. Joe, I don't know. How did you find this out? I just, I knew. My Landis radar went off. Yeah. No, I, I went on Wikipedia. Oh, um, uh, Wikipedia did it. I didn't even know if I said that right. Yeah. <laughs> which which John Landis is a part of, you know, the conspiracy of doing the whole Bigfoot thing. If you what? believe that Bigfoot <laughs> is a conspiracy. Oh, no. Bigfoot exists. Oh, he 100 percent exists. He's my favorite creature. Yeah. But that said, I'm just saying John Landis is in battle for the planet of the apes. Well, very good. So, kids, John Landis. <laughs> yeah, why don't you get into that? Was a director. 
famous for that one music video called Thriller. And that was it. But he's also been in a bunch of other stuff. Right, right. But that was it. Just Thriller. He didn't do anything else. He didn't do Animal House or Blues Brothers or Three Amigos or Trading Places or Beverly Hills Cop 3. Just Thriller. Sure. All right. (laughs) Or Coming to America, you know. Sexual chocolate. (laughs) We went over the budget. We've done that. Uh, we know we know how much all this stuff costs to make. and Which is insane, which is crazy. It is. It's crazy for the years, for the time. Yeah. I mean, this was a huge franchise. And I feel like it's a franchise that is kind of forgotten about as time goes on, even though we just had three major films that just came out within the last few years. It's not like a Star Wars. It's not like a Star Trek. You don't constantly see them on repeat anymore on television. You don't constantly see people posting things about Planet of the Apes anymore. There's something about it where it's in the zeitgeist, but it's kind of fallen to the wayside for some reason. But each film does really well. It just really weirds me. Maybe we're just not friends with the right people and they're not making enough Planet of the Apes references for you and I. It could be. I don't know. It could be it. It could be. It just could be be it. it. Joe, I think uh, we're going to change our podcast to uh joe and andrew need better friends <laughs> we're gonna just change it to that and it, what are we still going to talk about the planet of the apes though? well yeah because it's the only way that we'll find better friends oh got it i get right. it now. right i gotta ask you going back now we've we've watched all five planet of the apes which you were only really familiar with the the original yeah what are your overall impressions of the original franchise? I got to say, like, as a whole, I do really enjoy the whole thing. Of course, it has that's those stumbling blocks in there. But I really, really enjoy the, the whole first these five films. Old movies always hold a, a really special place in my heart. And when they're when they can get a little campy, it's fun to, you know, Oh, yeah. You know, rag on them with your friends like me and you. When we watched these, there was a good couple of times where we just kind of mystery science theatered the thing. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Would make our jokes and do all that stuff. But they are there's something really amazing about this old sci fi that still kind of holds up. Oh, definitely. And there's there's so many themes, so many well acted characters throughout this entire franchise that I think really does kind of stand the test of time. I'm I'm really glad that you kind of took me up on doing this because honestly, I couldn't really think of anyone else that I think would appreciate these like I would. <laughs> nice in a modern right in a in a modern day and age because I I think a lot of people if they didn't grow up with it, this isn't something that they're going to really hold close to their heart. I love Planet of the Apes. I I love these characters. I love the world that they built. I may rip on two out of the five films from time to time, but overall, I do think it is a really unique and interesting story that really kind of hits humanity on the head, especially the first film. And I would even go as far to say as the fourth film. Oh, definitely. That fourth film, I even said it in that episode. It's like, if you said that this was 2020, yeah, I would have been like, yeah. Yeah, totally. That uprising and the anger in Caesar 
at the end of that film, I think holds up so well. Roddy McDowell pretty much by the end of the franchise steals it. Even though the fifth film isn't great, you can still tell he's still putting his all into it. He's definitely putting his all into it, but I feel like he's almost a little tired. But it's also the dialogue and everything. There's really not much for him to do in that film besides react. Yeah. So that's that's about it. He also doesn't seem like he's in it that much. Did you notice that? Like, I started to notice that a little bit. I'm like, huh? Yeah, I, I noticed that a lot of things weren't in it that much. So I don't know. <laughs> a lot of things weren't in it. <laughs> uh, if I had to if I had to really like do a, a ranking system, though, for this mm-hmm. uh, one is still going to be at the top. Yep. Then three. Yep. Four. Mm hmm. Two five, and I remember when I did the ranking before, two was at the bottom because I had never I didn't see battle, and now now I, I still will put two above five. I I one hundred percent agree with you with that ranking. I think you know I think also really hurts five is you don't have someone along the lines of Charlton Heston or Ricardo Montalban that kind of like helps you through it because like. Yes, Roddy McDowell can be cheesy and campy, but that's not who that character is. That's not who Caesar is. Cornelius could could act more campy because of his history, whereas Caesar is far more straight laced. So I think you kind of needed characters like Armando and you needed people like Taylor and Brent. You didn't need brent (laughs) (laughs) i i really do think though that this movie was kind of missing someone along the lines with like that type of charisma yeah it was missing the gravitas of Mm -hmm. those particular actors definitely but overall i'm really glad that we watched this because i think you said that you've only ever seen the first of the or the first two of the remakes so I saw the so out of the movies I've seen the original Planet of the Apes. Right. I've seen the Tim Burton one. Right. And I've also seen the Franco one and I think I saw only half of the second one. Okay. I think you're really going to appreciate those last two films now. I think so. Dawn and War having the history of these first five films you're really going to appreciate. Um so you're so you're welcome, Joe. <laughs> And listeners, you're welcome. Here's the thing. I legitimately, like, I love the Rise of the Planet of the Apes. I love the James Franco one. And I know that that one is apparently, according to some, the weakest. It's definitely the weakest. Uh, I really, really, really liked that movie when it first came out. There are parts of it that I don't like now. And it might just be James Franco in general. But that said... They only get better from there, I think. I'm really excited to revisit that one. Next up on our film list is going to be a detour. Uh, We will not be heading into Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes just yet. But we do have a pretty cool documentary about the making of the original Planet of the Apes. So we're going to start kind of diving into the history and the backgrounds of these films as well. Uh, And we're also going to start diving into the original novel soon. There's definitely a lot of cool stuff coming up within this podcast that's going to kind of dig more into the history and the behind the scenes. So if that's what you've really been waiting for, uh, it's coming. So just a heads up, this was mostly kind of a a neat experiment that I wanted to try, which was let's watch a franchise that everyone knows 
but not everyone has seen and kind of get a bunch of different people's opinions on this that have never seen this. So we had Joey, we had Tim, Beth, we had Brandon, we had Steve. So we had so many awesome guests that came along and helped us kind of experience this in the 20th century or 21st century. So I really want to thank them for that. This is not the final episode, even though we've hit the fifth film. We've still got four more movies, a TV series, an animated series, comic books. And then let's just talk about the actors. Let's talk about... Don't forget we've got the, the toys, too. We've got toys. Oh, my God. We got toys. We got video games. We got... We got so much more to this. Guys, this is only going to go weirder and far off the rails the further we go. Not only that, there was that article, and I had posted it onto our social media. Oh, yeah. You know, there's supposedly some more apes coming. And now that 20th Century Fox is owned by Disney, uh, Disney th- this is in their hands now. Yeah. So we could get, you know... Iron Man meets Planet of the Apes. It would be more Guardians of the Galaxy, maybe. Probably, but still. <laughs> and I'm I'm not gonna lie, like I've I've really put down the Tim Burton Planet of the Apes movie, but after watching Battle, I have a feeling it's gonna hit a little bit differently. I don't know. I don't know. I'm super intrigued to rewatch that. I do not like Marky Mark. What about his funky bunch? I'm cool with the funky bunch. Got it. I've got some good vibrations coming from them. Nice. But Marky Mark himself, I'm not a fan of uh, as an actor or as a human. He's he's not a good person. So hot take. We did beat a man. Yes. I like to bring that up every time I can. So that said, I'm 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 intrigued to see what Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes is going to bring to us because growing up, huge Tim Burton fan, love Tim Burton films. I remember seeing that in the theaters and being like, I, is this a Tim Burton movie I don't like? It's not good. It doesn't feel like a Tim Burton movie. You see, I was like in the opposite camp of you, but you were into the original Planet of the Apes. I was. Before yeah. that, though, whereas I had nothing except for that. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, go check this out. The makeup and everything in that film, I remember being just phenomenal and the effects. And I just remember actually really enjoying that movie. I just remember seeing like there was weird CG in it. And for me at the time to see Burton walk away from like miniatures and models and stuff really threw me off from what I remember. I know it gets really bad when we get to like Willy Wonka or whatever. So I'm I'm curious to see where it lays because to me, Burton's last good movie was pretty much like Big Fish. That was like the one fluke uh, after Planet of the Apes. <laughs> so like he made Planet of the Apes, which was bad. Then he came back with Big Fish and then everything since then I haven't really cared for. I'm really intrigued because now I I might be able to say, hey, his first six movies are good. So <laughs> I don't know. I'm hoping. And then maybe it might make me reassess all of Tim Burton again and go back to all the ones that I've skipped or haven't seen uh, or have seen and hated. This this could lead me on a, on a crazy trail. It could. It could. And I, I, I'm excited for the uh, the guests we have planned for that. But we'll we'll get to that. Yes. Yeah. Oh, definitely. So, guys, I just want to thank you for tuning in and listening to this crazy stuff. Hopefully it's interesting to you. Let us know. Write reviews for us, please. We're on iTunes. We're trying to get onto some other platforms as well. Write reviews if you like what you're hearing. Reach out to us on our Twitter and our Instagram. You know, if you got questions about Planet of the Apes, you want to be a guest or anything like that, please reach out to us. Our email is going to be listed in the podcast episode. 
as always, guys, you know that you follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Major Plot Flaw. Yeah, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram as well at Voices by Joe. And you can follow our show at Pod Planet of Apes. Huge shout out, as always, to Louis Aronowitz for making our theme song. That is just one of the best theme songs you'll ever hear on a podcast. And the daily can suck it. So <laughs> and we're gonna we're gonna end this how we always end it with our famous catchphrase, take it away, Joe. I don't think I know the orangutan. That that's the one you went with? Perhaps only the future will tell. <sighs> now fight like apes. Are you just looking up lines from this movie now? No, no, these are the ones I wrote down. You wrote down lines from this movie? You actually paid attention that much? Only to those lines. We got a great big convoy. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs>